Welcome back to the Doctor Who Flashcast. I'm Jason Snell, back with you here to talk about Season 12, Episode 6, Praxius. And joining me from, we're forming two points of a triangle across the globe, is Anthony Johnston. Hello. Hello, Jason. Uh, yeah, I'm so relieved that this was overall a good episode, because after last week, I was really jealous that Erica mm. and Stephen got right. to do the Flashcast, because obviously last week was so good and so momentous. <sighs> so and I was really, you know, because let's be honest, it's not unknown. I was really dreading that this week would be a complete letdown by comparison. So I'm very, very happy that it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, you. I mean, I agree with you. We'll get it out of the way right here. I was relieved as well. The same feeling, which is um, not that I don't have some quibbles with this episode, but it was a good episode. Like if, if that other episode hadn't happened um, and this was episode five, I would have said, look at that. Like, because I haven't loved, I didn't love the first you know, for you episodes of this season. But this one, I feel like, is almost the archetype, I think, of what Chris Chibnall wants Doctor Who to be, which is, it looks great, it's globetrotting, there's action, there's lots of dialogue, there's lots of, it's actually good, I think, funny, there are jokes, and there's a, and it is, I think, true to Doctor Who's history, it has a point, which is it's sort of educational and mm-hmm. couching the educational aspect of it and the kind of social aspect of it in science fiction, like all of that, I actually think like, yeah, I see what you're going for here. And I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was, it, and the pacing is amazing, right? Like the the number of scenes and shots and locations, even though it's mostly South Africa, it still is, you know, locations that they're by the beach and, you know, they're in the city and all of those things. It's like, there's a lot in this episode and it moved so fast. I really enjoyed it. Well, and some of that gets to one of the very specific reasons that I liked this episode, which was the in-media res opening. But I wish, if you're right, that this is more the archetypal kind of episode that Chibnall wants to do, I wish he would. Yeah. I really, really wish he would, because the first 20, 25 minutes of this episode were almost flawless for me. It was only as so often happens with who it was only when we started to get to the resolution and the explanations <laughs> of why this thing was happening and how we were going to solve the problems uh suddenly it was like oh then okay things started to fall apart but up until that point it really was almost flawless it was so well directed and yeah like i say one of the very specific things that i liked about it just because this really appeals to me and the kind of and just the kind of stories I like, but also specifically the kind of who that I like, uh, it started completely in media res with an adventure already happening. Mm -hmm. And so we get to see the companions, because obviously we always see the companions in comparison to the Doctor, and they're not as competent as the Doctor because who is? That's, you know, that's kind of the point of it. That's how it works. But because we're a, a step further down the chain, as it were, and now we get to see the companions through the lens of people who don't even know that Doctor yeah. that the Doctor exists. They're like, they get their they, own companions. <laughs> right, right. But they suddenly also appear as if they're highly competent, mm-hmm. well-informed, knowledgeable, you know, daring-do adventurers, um, which was really nice, made a nice, you know, contrast. Uh, but also, yeah, just the fact that it barreled through with people going, wait, wait, what's going on? The companions are like, yeah, yeah there's this thing going on, but uh, we haven't got time to tell you. 
yeah, it just really that together with the direction, which was very horror movie like almost. Uh-huh. I mean, and I think I'm sure that was deliberate. It was, you know, because of the kind of episode that it was trying to get across this feeling of dread and uh you know impending doom was really successful i thought i mean absolute all credit to the the dp the cameraman the director everybody involved in that it really set the mood yeah i agree completely the um the way the story gets told they did tack there's a moment at the very 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 end of last week's episode where there's like oh there's a thing it's weird it's happening on three contents we should go do it yeah and yeah. and that it's it's funny because that basically provides this episode with all the setup you really need and and the gap is the boring stuff that we don't need to see which is i'm going to drop you off here and i'm going to drop you off here the audience will learn that along with all the characters that they find in peru and madagascar and uh, hong kong and you know and whatever that store is where the 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 cop on the edge is rest is rugby tackling uh shoplifters um (laughs) and, and I, I just, yeah, you're right. It puts the companions in uh, in greater positions because they're the they're the doctor, they're the positions of authority. It uses the fact that there are three companions, right? Like I know it's sort of Ryan's over here and Graham and Yaz are over here, but like the, splitting them all up and then the doctor's got her mission. Like I thought that was really good. And I mentioned it earlier, but I want to say it again. Um, shooting in South Africa. Like, yes, I I love that that uh that Black Mirror episode that's set in the eighties. That is, there's like literally the same shot. It's the same mountains. It's in Cape Town, right? Like whatever. Yeah. But it looks so good, and it's varied enough on a Doctor Who budget that this like we're in we're in Madagascar, we're in Hong Kong, we're in uh you know in the in Peru, we're in all these places, and like it feels like a globetrotting adventure in a way that I like Doctor Who to feel. I, I want it to feel like the Doctor can go not just anywhere in time and space, but also anywhere on Earth and have, in this case, like, because we have a TARDIS here and they don't even need to show it. Like, they say, Doctor, this thing is happening in Peru and she just pops up and they and then right. they load people onto the TARDIS, <laughs> go back to Hong Kong, load people off of the TARDIS. And, they, and like, I loved it. I kind of love that it ends up being kind of the Doctor and the crime-solving gang and they keep collecting people as they go. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was really fun and that the added characters um made it that much more fun that that it really like the the scenes and the locations and you're right the first half hour basically I thought this is perfect. This is this is fun and looks great and is taking me on an adventure and that's what I want from Doctor Who. Wasn't Hong Kong though? There is no way that that street was actually okay. in Hong Kong. But it was, you know, it was a <laughs> it, no, know. it was a narrow street and there was they they hosed down the the roads as you do when it's night <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the roads are hosed down because they look better and all that but it was yeah. like you know they, that yeah okay that's fair but that beach that looked good that looked really good oh, that, yeah that's yeah, on yeah. africa beach but what you said about them uh not explaining not over explaining what was going on at the start because like you say they set it up at the start of sorry at the end of the previous episode that's i mean you know who all too often does explain probably too much you know to spend too much time explaining things that we can kind of figure out now some of that obviously is because it is a family show you've got to bear in mind there are going to be young kids watching sometimes you know yes you're going to need to sort of help to bring them along for the ride 
But at the same time, I really appreciate when sometimes they don't do that. And they're just like, yeah, you'll figure it out. You know, you've seen this kind of thing before. You've watched this show before. You know how it works. You'll figure it out. It's fine. And I, that helps them create a more mature style of storytelling that I really appreciate. And as I say, I understand why they can't do it all the time, but when they do do it and it and they pull it off, then it, it really works, I think. Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily need and you're right, maybe maybe it is necessary from time to time, but I don't necessarily need the all right, everybody, where where should we go? Why don't we go to this place? Oh, here we right. are. Let's everybody <laughs> yeah. get in there. Let's go out. Oh, here's a strange person. I wonder what's going on. Oh, oh, there's a mystery to be solved. And here, none of that is necessary. The mystery is being solved. Everybody is on the case. And instead, as an audience member, I love because it really doesn't make any sense. And you're trying to put it together of like, wait a second. So there's the spaceship and then the astronauts texting that he needs help. And, uh, which doesn't really make any sense, but whatever. And, no. <laughs> and cause like, how does he have a cell phone with him? And he's, there was no explanation. And I aliens was so have expecting it. that to be a twist, right. That it was a, that it was a bait, that it was a lure by the aliens to get, for some reason, that cop out to Hong Kong. But no, yeah. no, it, well, it really I mean, was and him. May, and maybe there's a, a dropped scene there where he explains that he tried to escape and, and stole a phone yeah, and then yeah, they dragged yeah. him back and they didn't want to show him before that. And But it, it is never explained. But uh, still, it's like the, the hikers, the two vloggers who go to the river in Peru and there's garbage everywhere, which again is, you know, it, it's not actually a weird thing that's happening the garbage is not the aliens the garbage is the humans who have turned this beautiful natural thing into a spoiled uh, location which is part of the message of this episode but still it's like what does this mean and then ryan pops up and meanwhile one of the one of the women is gone and then you know there's the the mystery of uh of the sailor floating face down in the water in madagascar and what does that mean and how and uh, this episode goes really deep where I had literally no idea. I was like, are you guys ever going to resolve the story? Because right. got, I felt like we got to f- about 40 minutes out of 50 with very little idea of what the resolution was going to be. And I, I, all the whole time I was thinking to myself, this resolution is going to be really abrupt because yep. they've run out of time. <laughs> and like literally there is a moment where the doctor stands there and we see her thinking which is it can be good but it also can be very theatrical and scripty and expositional and it i i can't decide where this episode falls down but we're she's basically like uh uh oh it's plastic it's like okay and then there's an autons reference and she's there's a funny which joke did where she make says, me laugh that, yes that and was, come on you know <laughs> and it's followed by come on brains move it along and graham says did she say brains it's like brains, plural yeah. um and, well, and, and there's that there's that time later when she's uh, I think when she's a, 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 like you I've only seen this episode once and we're literally just right. talking straight after it's been on but um, when she's I think at gunpoint from the scientist and she says like oh wait half a thought oh oh that one tickles oh now nah, and yeah. it's kind of like you say very stagey very theatrical but this is this is the kind of quality that you look for in a doctor in yeah. somebody who is going to be playing that character is yep. somebody who can pull that off because I the same all thought. the doctors do that they all yes. do it it's part of the character it's part of the show you've got to be able to sell that yeah that's actually the moment that i was sold on um david tennant in his first episode there's that moment where he tastes the blood on the alien spaceship and he goes oh 
blood control. I remember this. I haven't seen this for years. And it's that moment <laughs> where I was like, okay, I believe that I believe that he's the doctor now. Because it's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, ridiculous sci-fi contraption. I remember you. And and you have to because there there is that moment always where the doctor figures it out, right? And 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 here um, it happens kind of late in the game, and I'm not sure all of the clues were there, right? It feels yeah, a little, no. <laughs> it feels a, uh, like it's just a very rapid reaction. But this is one of those things that's like, I can complain, about, I can quibble about this. And I, I got, so we're talking about this episode in the context of kind of our anticipation of it and our, our concerns and all of that. I got to this moment and I thought, okay, this is pivotal. Because this could be the episode that I remember being really great for 30, 40 minutes and then having kind of a ridiculous resolution where it was just sort of like, and then magically we told it to go away at the end. Um, and then something funny happened, which is I don't love the download that happens here, but I got through it and I kind of accepted it as like, okay, all right. Like I felt it was handled well enough that the episode isn't nonsensical, even right. though it's kind of abrupt. And it doesn't take away from the fun of it. And so it's, I, I know that's a, it's kind of hard to describe what exactly that is, but it's like, I, I know they need to explain it. I know that's going to kind of be a download, but it was done well enough that I, I didn't, it didn't prevent me from enjoying the rest of the ride, which is what I was worried about. Right, because that can happen, you know, look at yeah. Orphan 55 or Kablam last season, yeah. you know, which are kind of, those episodes are kind of equivalents for me, where, yep. yeah, the, the it just brings the whole thing down. Whereas this, I agree with you, it's, it could have been better, it wasn't the best, but it was over quickly enough, and it was delivered with enough confidence that I was just like, yeah, okay, fine, let's move on to the next bit. And at least, at least this week, Warren Brown's attempt at self-sacrifice had a story reason oh. was justified i mean it was still pretty bad i yeah. wasn't the biggest fan of it but yeah. at least it had a a logical reason <laughs> behind it that you could go yeah okay i can yeah. see why he's doing he, he has a motivation even though it was yet another character sacrifice like we saw before yeah. and the best part i'm sitting there thinking you can't and they they were toying with us in the script but like you can't you, you really you have a space time machine you should probably try to save that guy and, yeah. and well, that, and I had that the, thought earlier trip, right? when when Yaz was like, "Give me one hour." She's like, "All right, you've got one hour." I'm like, "You have a time yeah, machine." Just yeah, I had that. I had that <laughs> thought, which is, wouldn't it be funny? And, and this is actually something that Doctor Who should probably do in a story sometime is um, I'm going to go check on this thing. Well, first off, you could just take the TARDIS there, but uh, I'm going to check on this thing. It's, I'm going to do some investigation, come back in an hour and the doctor would be like, OK, and literally step in the box, flip a switch, step back out. It's been an hour. What happened? Yeah, like, are you done yet? <laughs> yeah. But but I did get the sense the way this episode is paced, so much is going on at once that the idea that we're kind of flitting back and forth, although, again, if you wanted to slow down time as the doctor, you could visit every single time frame by backing up a little bit. If I guess. I don't know. It, it's don't think about it too hard. It's time travel. But uh, right. <laughs> but it, it did. It did. Uh, I, I enjoyed um, I enjoyed it and the parts where they kind of resolve the story about what's going on, I thought was uh, passable. And then actually the part that I liked was who Suki ends up being, who is an alien. Like, yeah. like that reveal actually really worked for me. The idea that, oh, this all started because aliens who are uh, being infested by this virus that that eats plastic and turns you into an explosion of plastic um, were, tr were trying to find a place full of plastic that they could uh, test. And they chose Earth because we have plastic everywhere. 
and 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 I th- I like how it's told where it all kind of comes out at the end um kind of like instead of the alien plot being there from the beginning the alien plot is only realized at the end and it's not really a plot um and and that she you know she dies but like we figure we figure it out at the end that the aliens with the lasers and stuff are not there because they want this to happen they're there because they caused it to happen and are trying to solve it i don't know it was like that that part worked for me that it's almost it's a tragic story that they're they're you know even though they caused it and they could have killed the whole planet that they weren't there for you know evil means they were there because they were trying to find a cure yeah it, the only part of that that didn't work for me was the fact that suki despite the fact that she's an alien who has apparently been on this planet a very, very short amount of time, uh, acted completely human. You know, had no trouble whatsoever masquerading as and behaving like a human. If she had been a little odder, you know, if there had been yeah. something, something is, a bit Dr. Brown like about her behavior or something. Yeah, this is like the astronaut's cell phone, his text, right? It's like, hmm. Yeah. 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 And right. again, I was w- willing to overlook it and enjoy the episode, but that was, that did rankle me like, because my first, well, not my first thought, but one of my thoughts before we got to that point was, hang on a second, so why is she working with the aliens? And then, of course, we realize it's because she is an alien. Um, but yeah, yeah, so thinking retrospectively, I was like, well, but hang on, she acted perfectly like a human. And I mean, maybe I misunderstood what was said in the episode, but it seemed to me like they'd literally only been there here on Earth, like for less than a month. Yeah, I I wasn't entirely clear, but like, yeah, they ended up um, crashing in the Indian Ocean and creating that kind of like plastic base down at the bottom and then trying to escape, which is why she was in Madagascar um, and trying to do this research, but how long they'd been there and how they got there since their ship was still underneath the water, but she got to Madagascar, I guess, teleport. So they teleported yeah. everything out in order to build this, uh, you know, and why they were in Hong Kong. I don't know. Um, yeah. What? <laughs> right. Wasn't like really explained, was it? Yeah. Which and that doesn't all have to be explained. It wouldn't necessarily no, no, have been no, good no. if they had explained it, but it's still like, I'm not entirely clear on everything that they were doing and how long she'd been there because yeah, it does feel like a different version of Dr. Who would have started this with the mysterious water treatment facility that had just sprung up and nobody really knew who they were or where they had come from, but they had gotten approvals and they had built this weird water treatment facility and behind the doors, scientists were working. I was like, oh, but turns out they're aliens. Um, and this Doctor Who is just like, oh, here's Suki. She's doing a water thing. Oh, wait, she's an alien. And now she's yeah. gone. <laughs> and, and I'm, you know, some of that Doctor Who shorthand uh, actually works for me where it's just like, yeah, he, you know, she's an alien and the, the tanks have... Um, I actually don't think this was in the dialogue but the way i i read it in my head canon is they spread the virus in the atmosphere and so then they use the same system to spread the antidote in the atmosphere and oh, again i thought it was being transmitted via the birds oh uh, was it yeah see i don't i don't know well i mean it's awfully convenient <laughs> that you can just fire a virus uh antidote out of your rocket into the, engines into, into the, the air jet stream yeah and then have it work so I, I i was trying to make that make a little more sense but again it's just a big it's just a a, a big gesture it's okay um let's see what well, else? i've just realized yeah. the the assistant the guy yes. in madagascar 
Did we see him no. after he got attacked by the no, birds? So no, no. And in fact, that, I was going to say one of my biggest objections to this episode is we meet this very nice guy who's working with Suki in Madagascar. He... They, they, I think Graham comes in and says, oh, the guy, I don't remember his name. He's out there. He just said the birds are really looking bad. And then he gets attacked by the birds and as far and falls down. And as far as we can tell, is murdered by the birds. And not only and do we never, not only did we never see him again, nobody says anything about him. Yeah. And, and that, and, and I, again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lean into this too much, but it is also another another person of color that this show has kind of brutally murdered. And then in this case, completely ignored his death. And uh, I don't, it doesn't make me feel real comfortable that that yeah. it was the case. And I don't know if there was something that was cut the, the moment I wanted. And I unfortunately didn't get because he was running toward a boat that was like overturned. The moment I wanted at the end was when they were back on that beach. I oh. wanted him to like crawl out of the boat and be like, is everything okay now? And they're like, yeah, we fixed it. It's fine. He's like, oh, okay. I've been hi- so there that, are a lot of birds, folks. <laughs> but well, that, didn't that would have been good. What I was <laughs> expecting, because they made such a big deal about the water and the filtration, and he's been living there, presumably drinking that water, right? While they were there, so I expected the reveal to be five minutes later that he was fine. He's immune like, from oh. the birds or whatever. Well, or just they didn't attack him because he's got no plastic, no plastic. left in him. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's um, also no. would not surprise me if all of that was in an earlier draft and got cut out, because that did seem to be where they were going with him, is that is that uh, the, that water was filtered and therefore all the water being output by that plant had no no microplastic in it yeah. and that therefore they were going to be immune or something. And then it just sort of didn't happen anyway. Yeah, that was really weird because he dies horribly and it's never mentioned. Like, as it far is, as we can tell, he died. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe he just left. He said, you stupid yeah, people, I'm out of here. <laughs> Yeah. But it's never, he's just attacked Stuff by birds. a game of soldiers, I'm off. Yeah. Yeah, that was... So, I, something else that I just thought of, talking about the, you know, the, the lack of explanation and not feeling the need to explain everything. It reminded me of something that we've all talked about re- in recent years a lot, which is the tendency of superhero movies to keep showing you the origin. Um, you know, and audiences and us especially are constantly going we don't need to see batman's origin again we don't need to see spider-man's origin again we get it we know and you know the the start of this episode kind of had that same it's okay we understand how this works in fact and this may be regarded as heresy but what it actually reminded me of was blink Hmm. In that same kind of blink, you know, when it starts, it's not about the doctor. It's not about the companions. It's about somebody we've never met before. And clearly something is already going on. And this character has to kind of wander around and figure out exactly what is happening and survive themselves. Obviously, it's very different in terms of detail and execution, but it has that same idea. Uh, And obviously that is, you know, a fantastic episode. So... Yeah, I, I think it's something that uh, I think they could stand to do it more. Mm-hmm. I I'll tell you, as as much as they spend on Ryan as a humor, you know, as a comic character, um, withholding the Doctor until the end. Um, when Ryan appears in Peru, it's like, oh, Ryan's here. Oh, it's going to be okay. They're on the case. It's going to be okay. Yeah. And it's like Ryan is like barely got it together, but uh, it's a it's a sign that, that that they're on the case. And then and then we get Graham and Yaz, and then we finally get the doctor. And I think it's really effective to 
have everybody, you know, we're very slowly working up to the doctor and we're, we're letting everybody else figure it out. And I I think, again, it's like, we know the doctor's coming. That's the title of the show. It's like, it's going to happen. So (laughs) you, you can tease it out a little. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I, I agree. Having Ryan be the, like the first breath of relief made for a nice change, you know, and remember he, he works out. Yeah. Oh, that was, so (laughs) that's the thing I wanted to mention here. This is a really funny episode. Like, there are a lot of good jokes. Oh, yeah. That is a good... the worst place we could end up? Long list. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing, right? No, the... Um, and and I, I will say, you know, mainstream media makes fun of blogs and podcasts and YouTubers and things like that. I really like... So, Gabriella and her friend Jamila, who is horribly, you know, killed by a plastic monster. Um, they are the Two Girls Roaming vlog, which is funny and I, I would imagine they're influencers and they've made a lot of money and they've been able to travel all the world doing these vlogs um but what is also funny is uh gabriella spends the rest of the episode just shocked that nobody's ever heard of her which, right <laughs> which is like, i think that's exactly the right way to play you it seen this it's like not not that <laughs> vloggers or youtubers are, are dumb or bad or anything like that because they're not and they're very popular but that they're popular in this group and these people are over there like ryan says like i've been traveling myself and and so they they've missed it but she's like really you haven't seen this and then they and then the humor turns on her when they're they're doing the blind teleport to wherever that one creature teleported and she says come on two girls roaming she's like yeah. oh <laughs> all right okay i'll do it um that so the that actor who plays gabriella by the way joanna borgia uh if that is how you pronounce the name i've probably mangled that horribly is portuguese um if you're wondering why her accent was a bit oh. strange because i kept trying to think like is she is she you know european putting on an american accent or is she american trying to sound european it was really turns out yeah she's portuguese so that explains that um some other funny things that were in this episode uh the talking cat bit was great where the doctor's listing off weird (laughs) things that are happening and she says there's also a talking cat in ontario but i'm ruling him out for now and that was funny but much funnier is later is the callback where where she says "I, i uh i I regret that I didn't spend more time on this. I really got distracted by that cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too much time focusing on the cat. <laughs> like, again, because that's just a peek into the mind of the doctor where things are very strange. <laughs> you don't yeah. want to go down yeah. there. It's like the talking cat, not related to this, something else. Um, but I, you're right. It was funny. I mean, I think yeah. this is, it's a really good example of how you can be funny and you can have humor uh both character based and just sheer gags in something like Doctor Who without taking away again because the first 30 minutes of this plays like a horror movie yeah. and does it really really well yeah. and yet there are also these very very funny moments interspersed throughout it you can do those things you can balance it out yeah what is the matter with you people i haven't heard of her um so i want to talk about Jake who is the uh the cop on he's a cop on the edge former cop uh, put yeah, on Warren Brown. Yeah, it, yeah. it's like so. It's who, straight up trope, right? It's the cop who's been, you know, something happened, and now he's been put on leave. And and what we discover, and he can't stop being a cop, so he tackles the kid who shoplifted in the store. Um, tell, so you, were you going to say something about the actor? Is this another actor who I don't recognize? That yes, you know? I was going to say uh, people might recognize him as the uh, effectively sidekick, the co-star of Luther, the Idris Elba oh, series. Okay, that is he's one. also an ex. Ex, he's genuinely an ex-boxer. Uh-huh. Um, he's uh, you know he's a proper rough guy. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he's a very good actor. 
Yeah, so he's playing the cop on the edge type. But what we find out is that he is the husband of the astronaut who was coming down in the Soyuz capsule at the very beginning of the episode and gets that mysterious text that we don't really understand from Hong Kong and comes and gets him. Um, And that first scene, I'm like, okay, cop on the edge, got it. But again, talk about the... And and his story ends up being a very good emotional arc and, and an emotional part of this episode. But he is also used really effectively for comedy. So there's that moment where he meets Yaz and Graham and he's trying to kick down the door and they're like, we got a, we got a key, so we'll let you in. And then later, another funny bit is Graham has the phone upside down. So he says they're right through this. The alien tech is right through this wall. And then Yaz oh, yeah. turns it around. He goes, ah, right through this door. Who among us has not had misread the iPhone <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, uh, <laughs> compass? But then they can't get in. And it's a great, again, good callback. He kicks this door down. I can do this. That's my yep. that's my job. Well, I kick the door and down. And then turns to them and goes chat chat chat. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was that was really great. Um and then there's a moment when they're rescuing his husband the astronaut where there's like, you know, he, you're a copper and he says he's an ex-copper. He said, "Can we not do this now?" <laughs> yeah. Like uh, right with them being shot at. <laughs> yeah, while they're being shot by lasers. Yeah. By aliens <laughs> with lasers. It's like, "Can we yeah. not fight right now um and obviously it ends up being that uh there's a there's some nice character moments later when we find out their relationship is complicated and that there's some self-analysis on the part of our cop on the edge jake who says you know my husband being this responsible astronaut it's kind of you know he's had questions about himself and like maybe i need to be you know i i can't live up to that and and he has a conversation with graham where graham you know uh, graham sometimes is a good therapist where he says you know Maybe uh, the, you know. Maybe the problem is not with him, but with you. <laughs> and it's like yeah, well, it's good. Uh, and this is one. And I know because I know they got some stick for this when it was uh, first announced. But this is one of the reasons why um, Bradley Walsh is was such a good choice for this character, yeah. and his you know, the, and his character is such a good choice for this group of characters within the cast. You've, like I say, you've got to remember. That Doctor Who over here is a family show. Yep. Entire families sit down and watch it together. And that includes dads. That mm. includes the, you know, there used to be a joke in Classic Who. There was a joke about the glamorous assistants being yeah. there basically for, yes. for the dads Leela, to watch. Leela's leather bikini was, right. was for the dads. To, en- to entertain the dads so mm-hmm. that they weren't bored while their kids were watching Doctor Who. Now, obviously, that's not the case with New Who. But nevertheless, you know, dads are sitting there watching it with their kids and... The conversation that those characters have about this idea of feeling like, oh, I'm not actually worthy of this person's love, they must be having me on, they can't possibly love me as much as they say they do, is a conversation that middle-aged men do not really have with one another. You know, it is not really a sort of common topic of conversation, (laughs) but it is something, as we all know, deep down, that many of us feel at various times throughout our lives about various loved ones of ours. So this is the one of the values of having this character there is that he can act like a proxy for those members of the yeah. audience. You know, I would be willing to wager money that there were more than a few middle-aged dads watching this episode today and kind of thinking, I feel like that sometimes, but I've never been able to articulate it. And that's valuable, you know? I think Graham um I think Graham is a great character and I think it was a great choice to have them because we ve- in in Doctor Who stories as well, we very rarely have 
I mean, the doctor can dispense wisdom as a an alien who's thousands of years old, but to have an older companion is extremely rare, extremely yeah. rare. And we've got the two young companions who can do all the running and the jumping, um, but he adds something. Not only has he, throughout the two seasons, um, he doesn't accept everything the doc says at face value also calls her doc which i love uh (laughs) and and challenges her from time to time but also in situations like these right he i mean because it comes up earlier too about the he was a cancer patient because he's like oh i i know the medical stuff i i i had to to learn that when i was a cancer patient he basically says uh and so now at least i can put it to some good use um and that's another little part of his story that's like i like i like having him he is not the kind of doctor who companion we usually see and he can handle moments like this and i I like this i I think these are in a in a manic episode about aliens turning people into plastic and stuff like that to take the time with these characters who are are themselves archetypes right it is the edgy edgy cop who's out of control and the astronaut hero and say well they're married and their relationship is fraught because the edgy cop thinks he's not worth you know he, he he doesn't deserve him and then have him sit down with Graham and have a talk about it. Like they they made the space for it, and I like it. I really do. Yeah. Another thing I like about the character, as you say, is that he doesn't always accept everything the doc says at face value. Right. But he is also willing to accept the outlandish. He's not, sure. you know, stuck in his ways and not a sort of a fuddy-duddy, I suppose, for want of a better description. Uh, and again, you know, that's a kind of, as the uh, character insertion guy, uh, for viewer insertion character, sorry, I should say, for the, you know, the middle-aged guys watching this with their families, that's an important uh, role for him to play. And I think he pulls it off really, really well. But... Let's also, you know, let's not focus too much on the middle-aged white guy. I was going to say, let, you heard here first, folks, middle-aged white men say, middle-aged white man on Doctor Who is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, as you said, the other companions in this episode were also really good. I really liked the fact that Yaz got to go yeah. off and do some stuff by herself and be competent and brave and daring because I feel like sometimes her character is kind of held back by the writers. It feels sometimes as if they don't quite know what to do with her. And so I really liked the fact that this episode, her character effectively just grabbed the situation by the throat and went, no, 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 I'm going to do this. You go off, do whatever you need to do, but this is what I'm going to need to do and I'm going to do it by myself and it'll be fine. I can't decide whether they they don't know what to do with Yaz or whether they're so excited with the other toys that they can play with because Yaz is the young woman companion yeah she's she is the most typical doctor who companion among the three of them true and sometimes i wonder if as a result it's not as fun to have yaz do things than it is to have graham and ryan do things and so i've been watching this yeah because it's assumed that she's competent because she's an ex-copper and and because we've done and we've done stories about that character before but ryan is different and graham is different so we can use them and there's i mean i know that there's three companions it's going to be hard to find time but this has been a thing that uh, lots of us have talked about over the the last season and a half which is yaz is a cop she's very competent a lot of times it doesn't feel like she has anything to do so in this episode she has a lot to do she shows her cop skills too which i really liked she wants to stop she stops everybody's running in the tardis and she's like you know 
there's there's like gadgets and stuff in that room and we didn't properly investigate it i want to go back there and the doctor and they seemed to be important and yeah, valuable yeah. yeah and the doctor's like mm, and, and 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 then she lets she lets her she's like yeah okay you know i'll we'll you know you should check it out and gabriella comes along which i enjoyed because she's like I want to hurt somebody because her friend got killed yeah. by whatever this thing was. And so she's mad. She's like, well, come along. And then she gets the, uh, you know, they, they do that investigation and then she presses the teleport button and she goes to what she's disappointed is not an alien planet, but just under the sea. But still, it's pretty cool. And she gets stuff to do. And I, I agree. I, I really like that. That was another funny moment where she's like, what do you got that face for? I thought I discovered an alien planet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, by the way, right. we're only just you know miles underneath the Indian Ocean. Never mind that. <laughs> Another great uh, line right around in there is where, and this is this is uh, Graham again, which is, "Excuse me, Inspector Morris, but I ain't the fantasist around here." Which is, <laughs> yeah, just I wrote it, the whole thing down. It was like that. It's just really funny. Just yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Some really some really good lines. <laughs> um, uh, right at the start. So, and again, I only watched this episode once, but. Sure. Uh, you hear Mission Control, you know, talking to the, uh, the astronaut, what was his name? Adam. Adam. Um, as he's coming in, you know, sort of, uh, crash landing effectively from the ISS and you hear Mission Control tell him to like, give him a couple of instructions and it's clearly an American voice. And I, maybe I'm wrong, but I could swear that that was, um, my mind's gone completely blank. Uh, Captain Jack. It did sound a lot like him, didn't it? And it really, it, halfway through, I was like, wait, I recognize this voice. And then I've forgotten the actor's name. I can't believe I forgot oh, his uh, name. John Barrowman. John Barrowman. Yes, yes. I, halfway through, I was thinking, wait a second, that really sounds like John Barrowman. Yeah. But then the line was so short that by the time I'd kind of formulated that thought, it, the line was gone. And so I couldn't then listen to it again. And there's no more. So unless we, it's revealed later this season yeah. that, that astronaut Adam was on a secret mission for Jack Harkness. Um, but I, I, I thought that was well, a see, weird choice given that, given the Jack. Because they didn't. Yeah. Was, it wasn't clear that he was coming from the ISS. And so I thought, wait, is he a spaceman like working with Captain Jack? And it's a Soyuz <laughs> capsule. And there's, there's Cyrillic on the controls as well as, um, as well as yep. Roman characters. And this is the thing that I thought was funny is, I thought it was a weird choice that they had an American radioing him and not somebody with a Russian accent, which is which I thought would have been more effective since it's a Soyuz capsule to, to say like, well, no, oh, they're going to talk to they're going to talk to him from the the Roscosmos mission control and not the NASA or and also they say that he's with with ESA, um, but. Uh, they didn't have a European voice. I, I think in the end, they just wanted it to be very Apollo 13. And so they wanted an American yeah. on the line. But I would have made it a Russian because it's a Russian capsule. They they are claiming that that's a Soyuz capsule. So well, that's what it should that's be. That's also partly why I wondered if it was John Barrowman, because like he was there. They had him, yeah. you know, just do it. <laughs> like just, a, a genuine, somebody who actually well, has that accent. I know well, he's bi-dialectic. Here, here we are that, in but, the conspiracy yeah. corner. You can just start it now that Adam Adam was actually being guided on a mission by Captain Jack. Wait for <laughs> no, that to come I really back think, next year. I would really wonder if it just came down to convenience. Yeah. Like, while you're here, John, could you do a quick voiceover line for us Can you do a, you do a Texas well? accent for us that we'll put yeah. on? Can you do your best mission control? Yeah. <laughs> um, so overall... After the momentous episode last time, this is a standalone episode, but it was fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was worthy of being a follow-up to that momentous episode. You know, as you and I said at the top, there, there is 
you've got to you come into an episode like this thinking oh it's going to be a letdown after last week uh because that you know that does happen um let's not pretend that it's never happened before but actually no i was really pleasantly surprised it's not not perfect by any means but pretty damn good and yeah the first 20 25 minutes were like i said before almost flawless for me just if if they could have sustained that throughout the whole episode then it would have quickly become one of you know like they did with blink to draw on that again you know blink does main and manage to maintain that throughout the entire episode and that is why it's such a beloved and revered episode they didn't quite reach those heights with this one but they did a pretty good job yeah i agree it was a fun episode not you know there are things you could pick apart in terms of the story but uh on one level what you want from doctor who is you want a fun adventure and i would take more episodes like this honestly that are you know again globe spanning quick picking up people along the way running them into the tardis running them back out of like uh, all fun like fun and and there is a a point to it about about plastics and the plastic patches in the oceans and all those things are there but it's also just a fun adventure romp and i'm okay with that like that's not every episode can be what last week's episode was um but if your average doctor who episode is just it was a fun adventure story that entertained me like that's great that's that's what i want because what i don't want is an episode where i'm like this is kind of boring and now i'm kind of angry and that happens uh has happened a little bit too much the last couple seasons yeah i mean if every monster of the week episode was this good I would be very, very happy indeed. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you see, they can't all be big, sweeping story arc episodes because, you know, then you get like the later seasons of The X-Files where it's, you're yeah. just bored with it. You're yeah. like, no, too much, too much. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got to have, that's the nature of this show. You've got to have these Monster of the Week episodes and that's fine. But there's no, I mean, I, I was going to say there's no excuse. Maybe that's a little harsh on the on the program makers but really when you have this much time and this much budget and this much of the bbc basically behind you you know this much autonomy there really shouldn't be any duff episode you're only making 10 episodes per season you know this is not some network show with 23 episodes and you've got to take into account halloween and thanksgiving and new year and all you know this is 10 episodes that have do not have to touch on current events they don't have to. They do. You know, that's Chibnall's choice, but they don't have to. Um, you have an entire year to make them. You have a stellar cast. You have one of the best doctors of recent times, for my mind. Jodie Whittaker just continues to impress and astound me with every episode. There's There really shouldn't be any duff episodes. Like the fact that episodes like Kablam and Orphan 55 exist, I regard as, you know, a bit of a stain yeah. on... And not to say that other showrunners and uh, producers in the past haven't also had duff episodes and duff stories like those. I'm not trying to single Chibnall out. But it is baffling to me <laughs> that you can have this much, like I say, control, autonomy and budget within the BBC and yet somehow still produce a clunker every season. It's I don't understand it. Yep, same. But luckily, this wasn't one of them. Fortunately for us. We got a we got a an entertaining fun one. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for joining me from You're sort welcome. of near Pendle Hill, where there may or may not be witches. Yeah, right. Yes, and there definitely are not thick forests. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I still don't know where that third point in our uh, alien triangle is, but I guess it didn't really matter for the story. Kind of like the episode, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and thanks to everybody out there for listening to this episode of the Doctor Who Flashcast. We'll be back next week because the episodes just keep on coming. Uh, but until then, thank you once again. Goodbye. Doctor Who Flashcast on the Instagram.